You're listening to the Taming Hindrances Podcast. Conversations about self-awareness and mental health, as well as a dive into this thing known as spirituality. We talk about everything and anything on the podcast, so come get triggered. Welcome to another episode of the Taming Hindrances Podcast. As always, my name's Phil. I'm the host and creator of the podcast, and our topic of discussion today, we're going to dive right into it, is pain. Um... This one is deep-seated in me. Uh, pain is something I am quite friendly with. Um, probably my longest-running friend at this point in my life. And I say that endearingly. I don't say that for pity. I don't say that for praise. I say that as, you know what? I know a lot about pain. And I'm happy to know a lot about pain. I think it's it's really... It's an important understanding to have when it comes to mental health. It's an important understanding to have when it comes to self-awareness, when it comes to spirituality, when it comes to the understanding of war, like the last topic I talked about, uh, the episode 62, I'm sorry, 63, last topic. But just even all of the topics I've covered up to this point, understanding what pain is, understanding your relationship with pain, understanding how pain affects the mind uh, specifically how it affects the way in which we look at things, how it can change our perspective on things, how it can even change our conversations in the idea of the human system, the connection between the body, the mind, and the spirit. Um, all of these things can be changed by this understanding of pain. And also specifically, I have a really good relationship with pain because it's what I run my entire body work practice on. I've been a body work practicer, uh, licensed massage therapist in my state for 10 years or so, a bodywork professional that entire 10 years. I've you know I've always made the distinction between bodywork and um, massage therapy. The distinction there being that bodywork is a therapeutic modality of touch. Um, um, so therapy, therapeutic manual manipulation of tissue. That's the idea of bodywork. Not all massage is that, you know, a lot of massage is just relaxing and that's great. That's fine. But bodywork is therapeutically focused. And so I constantly have people that come into me and go like, oh, I have pain here or pain there. And I find in the understanding of pain, we just have, um, it, it's, how do I put that? No one's wrong. There is no wrong understanding of pain. Um, it's you. It's unique to the person. There are some commonalities in the human system, how we experience pain or feel pain or can describe our pains, but oftentimes we don't do that. So a lot of the times with my clients, I have to kind of walk them through a, a dive into like, you know, what kind of pain are you experiencing? Can you describe it for me? Is it dull, stabby, sharp, achy, burny? Uh, is, it, is it sore, tender? You know, to give some descriptive vernacular understanding of yeah, what kind of pain are you going through? What makes it better? What makes it worse? All of these different questions that one would make someone a better practitioner in the things I do. I mean, it would make a lot of healthcare practitioners better, I think. But um, just having an understanding of pain, both inside myself and then also inside of others, has given me a different perspective on it. And I'd like to share a little bit of that with you to hopefully broaden your understanding of it, but also to help you use it in your you know daily life. How you experience pain. So let's, as always, go over to Merriam-Webster's Dictionary. We'll grab some definitions. We'll use those as our backbone to kind of delve into this. We have two words for definitions today, but the title of the episode is pain, so we'll start there. Merriam-Webster's Dictionary, definition of pain. These are quite lengthy. Um, bear with me. A localized or generalized unpleasant bodily sensation or complex of 
sensations that causes mild to severe physical discomfort and emotional distress and typically results from bodily disorder, such as injury or disease. Uh, disease being that in which is outside of homeostasis, homeostasis being what the body is wanting to be in. We want to be in homeostasis, which is just everything's functioning correctly, doing its jobs. Awesome. Outside of homeostasis, that is what's known as disease. Um, there's also the state marked by the presence of such sensations. Um, another one is a basic bodily sensation that is induced by a noxious stimulus is received by naked nerve endings is associated with actual or potential tissue damage is characterized, characterized by physical discomfort, such as prickling, throbbing, or aching, and typically leads to evasive action. Another one uh, definition here is mental or emotional distress or suffering often referred to as grief. We're going to go through a bunch of these. I'm going to step back. Uh, there's the informal use of pain, which is one that irks or annoys or is otherwise troublesome. Pains me to be around this person. Um, let's move on here. Pains, the plural of pains, often talked about when uh, you know a woman is going through the throes of childbirth, being the pains of childbirth. The plural uh, other representation is trouble, care, or effort taken to accomplish something. Very interesting there. Uh, there's punishment is another uh, definition for pain. We also have the verb, which is where things get a little interesting. We have to make suffer or cause distress. That's to hurt something or the archaic. I, you know how I like archaic definitions or uses of a word to put oneself to trouble or exertion to give or have a sensation of pain or archaically to suffer have suffrage and we're going to get into the definition of suffer because we've once in the past gotten into the definition of passion when i did episode 49 we had the passion episode and the definition for passion is that in which you are willing to suffer for so i find it very interesting that suffrage and pain or suffering and pain have a link in definition using the archaic verbiage but let's go back to that top presentation the real one of the lengthy ones here because i think it brings up some very important points as far as we're talking about the the human system the mind body connection the spiritual connection you know body mind and spirit that i often talk about a localized or generalized unpleasant bodily sensation or complex of sensations that causes mild to severe physical discomfort cool talking about the body there I'll, I'm going to delve pretty deep into why the body has this function and what it does for us. But then it goes on to say uh, physical discomfort and emotional distress and typically results from bodily disorder and emotional distress. Now, emotions are linked to our endocrine system and we do have some you know higher functions as far as the central nervous system linking into different things, causing emotional distress. But it is often simulated in the mind. It's often something that we deduce or work with in our mind. So we're talking a little bit about that mind-body connection, something I've gone on in length on this podcast about and something I dredge on or, <laughs> or long-windedly uh, explain in my bodywork practice regularly. So let me do that for a second to get, um, to get a little bit of a, a background here. When I think about pain, um, it's endearingly. I, I, I very much so now enjoy certain understandings of pain. Uh, that can't be said for everybody. And yes, pain is not a pleasant thing to go through. It is a very helpful conversation. 
Pain is one of the most important conversations our mind and body has regularly. Anytime the body is signaling pain to the mind, it's reminding it like, hey, something's going on here. And so I classify pain in a different set of uh, ways than most, but I think it's pretty universal and can be applied very easily. I don't know if this is an original idea of mine. I've never looked into it. It's just something I've built up in my practice over the last, you know, 15 years or so working with the human body. When we talk about pain, I often, like I said, have my clients describe it for me. And there's a couple of specific descriptions, and I think I might have mentioned this on the podcast before, that key me into where the pain might be originating from. When we're talking about dull or achy or burny pain, that is a descriptive set that typically is talking about the bones. Now, the bones happen to, well, one, create structure for the body, but two, also create all the attachment points for the muscles. So the muscles wouldn't have anything to attach to if it wasn't for the bones, uh, which means they could not make the body do action because what they are doing is moving the bones. They're pulling on, always pulling, never pushing. There's no such thing as a push. Always pulling on uh yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, always pulling on the bones. So if we want to talk about the elbows, right? We talk about the elbow and its function. Well, you have protagonists and antagonists. These are the muscles that are either doing the action or resisting the action. And then they also do the opposite action as well. So if we talk about curling the hand towards the face, bringing the hand towards the face, we're talking about pulling the bicep shorter, which pulls the uh, radius and ulna, the two bones that make up the forearm, as well as all the hand bones, towards the face. To take it away from the face, we pull the tricep. The tricep pulls in that. But the attachment points are the important part. The fact that the bicep head, the uh, bicep means two heads, moves a, from the, we'll just use simple locations here, from the shoulder or the AC joint, from that location across the elbow, the bicep goes across the elbow and attaches to the um, tops of, I'll just, I'm just trying to keep it as simple as possible here, to the tops of the radius and the ulna, which allows it to take action across that joint. Without it crossing that joint, it wouldn't be one of the major muscles that bends the elbow. It wouldn't be a part of its job action. So it's all of these fulcrums, and that's why we have different classifications of joints. We have... Um, a fulcrum joint, we have uh, rotational or ball and socket joints, and vice versa to that, the triceps, meaning three heads, sep is head, tri three, three heads of the tricep, um, the attachment goes past the elbow and attaches to uh, the epicondyle, which is the very, I, damn it, I was trying not to make it, uh, the epicondyle or the little, it doesn't matter, um, past the elbow on the radius and ulna, but specifically on the ulna. Um, and that is what allows flexion on the reverse, so to go away. It pulls the hand away from the face, whereas the bicep brings the hand towards the face, the tricep pulls the hand away from the face. So it's always pulling. And so when we talk about dull, achy, burny sensations, we're talking about sensations that are bone-related because the bone is being acted upon. And here's why, in my personal opinion, the bone doesn't like to be acted upon incorrectly because it houses the bone marrow. And it also is one of the most important, I consider bones an organ, it's one of the most important organs of the body because bone marrow continues to, you know, keep all of our genetical coding happy and doing stuff. It can reference those types of things. It also provides calcium, which is used in a bunch of different processes. A bunch of things happen with the bones, uh, osteoblast and osteoclast action. 
very important function. Um, so that's why something like osteoporosis is, is, is difficult and it's dangerous. Uh, so dull, icky Bernie describes the bones signaling to the brain, hey, something's something's acting on me that shouldn't be acting on me the way it is. I, I don't like this. Please make it stop. Please just either rest it or fix it or manipulate it. Do something. And that's why it can be one of those things that just it's constant nagging pain. You know, when, a, when we have something like arthritis where the, it's, the bone's just not working correctly. Um, so we have some, you know, if the, at the, the, the worst, some of the worst cases, I don't like to make ranges of things, but some of the worst cases of bone pain can come from arthritis where the arthritis has damaged the ball and socket joints. So our, our shoulders or our hips, um, and so it's just this dull, sharp, sometimes sharp because it's neurological, but uh, dull, achy, burny sensation to wake you up at night. It's constant. This is also the pain that we often reference when we're talking about growing pains. Kids go through growing pains and they're like, you know, it's just, it's like this deep ache in the bone because the bone's going like, hey, huge function going on here. Pay attention to me. And so that's kind of how the body goes about using pain for a very important function to signal to the brain, hey. Pay attention. Something's going on, specifically with the bones. Now, we also have some other sets that I classify. We have, uh, let's just talk about muscles. We were talking about the muscles of the elbow and the flexion there. Muscles typically signal using sore or achy. Oh, sorry. I shouldn't use the same word there. Sore or tender. Let's say, let's classify it that way. Sore or tender is typically the muscle saying like, hey, I've been used or, you know, I'm overused. You know, those are the type of feelings we get when it's muscle related, the sore tenderness. And often with the muscles, they kind of don't act, they don't send those signals unless they're either in action or being pressed or, you know, something's acting upon them. Other than that, they just kind of like hang out and rest. And they're like, oh, cool. Nothing's happening to me. Um, I don't need to signal anything yet. And then we go to move it and we're like, oh, hey, 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 sore and tender here. Something is going on. But our muscles are meant to be used. They don't think that. They would much rather just be pull all the time, leave me alone, I get lazy, screw off. That's kind of how the muscles function. And so the muscle pain is often sore or tender. Uh, when it steps into the realm of what I can classify as neurological pain, we get the sharp, we get the stabby, uh, we get those types of sensations because we get the tingly sometimes. Uh, those sensations are typically more neurologically based. So it's really easy to mix up the pain between the muscle groups and the neurological groups in that fashion. You know, you might feel sore or tender and then you go to move and then all of a sudden you get a sharp pain in my bicep. Oh, I got a sharp pain in my bicep. Well, it's the bicep signaling, but the bicep is also signaling its sore tenderness. It's really the neurological endings that have gotten so pissed off that they start to get sharp and stabby. And so uh, inside of the muscle bellies is the nerve endings themselves. And if the nerve endings are stuck inside of a muscle, they might get pulled out or be pulled on. Uh, it's very easy for muscular tissue or fascial tissue, really any tissue, to pull on these nerve endings. And when they're pulling on these nerve endings, that's when the neurological system saying like, hey, whoa, hey, whoa, 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 
pay attention. Super, super right now, pay attention. That's why you can be sharp and stabby and quick. And we focus on it very quickly. And so with all that being said, without going on too much farther into what I could go on and on and on and on about because of my practice and body work and everything that I understand as far as the physical form goes, let's delve a little bit deeper into this mind-body connection of pain and why pain is a function of survival, but also of awareness. If we did not have some way for the body to override what's going on with the mind, we'd do all sorts of stupid shit with the body. We would, oh, we'd flex it weird and bend it and do, we would break it constantly. Without that pain sensation, we would, uh, we would do all sorts of weird stuff. There is even specifically diseases uh, where you don't feel pain. And it's, it's can be alarming that, you know, someone would not feel pain. And so the body can't signal um, what is occurring with the body. Uh, let me just look it up one second so I can give you the actual name of it. Uh, people don't feel pain. There we go. Um, yes. CIPA. Uh, are the uh, congenital insensitivity to pain with anhedrosis. Um, this is a typically her a hereditary neurological disease that um, doesn't allow for the central nervous system to signal those pain functions, which can lead to all. It's a, it's kind of dangerous. Well, I, I shouldn't say kind of. It's very dangerous because it could lead to all sorts of different things, like cutting yourself and not know you're bleeding. And so, you know, just imagine somebody who's like, yeah, I want to go for a swim and they go on the swim and, and I'm just using a, 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 a rare but dangerous situation to kind of get my point across. You could go out for a swim and you, you know, something is underneath the water and you, you know, cut your foot or you cut your leg and now you're just bleeding openly in the ocean and you also don't feel the, what can be the stinginess of the salt water. And so you're just bleeding openly in water, which means you'll just keep bleeding. That wound is not going to close itself very easily. Um, and so things like that can occur in, you know, that system where there is no pain response. So the pain response is absolutely necessary to the functional survival of the being. Our minds might not agree with that sometimes, but that's how the body signals back to the mind. Hey, pay attention to me, please. There's something major going on that we need to address. And so we have varying degrees of pain and some people have different pain tolerance. Well, I shouldn't say some, everyone has a different pain tolerance. Everyone has, in the way I like to say it, a different relationship to pain. I stated at the beginning of this episode that I have a very good relationship with pain. Um, I quite enjoy pain in some regards. There are certain pains I don't think anybody likes too much. Like there are certain pains that are very intense. I should say it that way. And they're intense for a reason. People will often talk about how tooth pain can be, is one of the worst pains or, or, you know, we can, a lot of people like talk about that and we have these commonalities of, oh, tooth pain is the worst. Well, one of the reasons for that is because, well, the signaling system is right next to the neurological system. So the, um, I'm going to get the, I'm going to get the nerves incorrectly, but we have these 13 cranial nerves. They're what are the major signaling functions back to the brain. But with tooth pain, it's a it's right there. It's a huge direct signal, which, okay, there's the shorter distance, 
but also the things that can go along with tooth pain. An impacted tooth can be life-threatening. Um, a tooth that becomes so infected it becomes impacted. If that, and I'm the gross warning here, if that bile were be to be released and then to be um, digested or put you know, into the digestive tract, it could cause an illness that will wipe out your system very quickly. Uh, the type of bile that can build up in a tooth that becomes impacted can be actually life-threatening. And so with that, we have that issue. We also have, if we lose a tooth, we can't chew. So the body goes, uh, how are we going to eat things? How are we going to... So tooth pain is one of those things where we can really look at what's the survival function of, uh, function of pain here? Signaling, oh, uh, hello, pain in the tooth, like pay a fucking tension. Something bad is really going on here. We need that. We need to really focus on this because if we don't take care of this, we could die. You know, there is there is this possibility that death is on the way if you know we lose all our teeth or if we you know this bile this infection takes over our jaw. So that is the body side of pain as far as signaling. It's having a conversation with the mind. So it's very important for the mind body connection for the body to have that overriding function to say, hey, pay attention. There's something going on. We often like to ignore that, though. We often like to not pay attention to that function uh, because it's more convenient for us. And I'll, I'll rant about that a little later in this episode. But for now, let's look at the other methodologies here as far as pain is um, regarded. The archaic definitions that I was talking about, uh, to put oneself to trouble or exertion. Okay. That can change the way in which we have a relationship with pain because like a big workout, we could be in pain afterwards, but we disregard that pain knowing that it's quote unquote a good pain, right? So a lot of times we have to look at the function of pain and what it's telling us. This does go back to what I was just talking about, but now it's from the mental side of things, the classifications of pain that we're using, the understanding of pain, the understanding of that conversation the body's trying to have with us. This is why the Greeks were so into the physical form, the pushing the physical body beyond, you know, its capabilities. You know, we have those Greek statues of like all these muscles and we have talking about the Greek Olympic games and the, the Greco-Roman wrestling. Uh, those ideas also stem from their philosophical viewpoints of training the mind and being very present and the, the stoic nature, but also to train the mind to understand those connections. And so you get a different classification of pain. Like, yeah, go work out, go get that lactic acid burn, you know, cause that's going to build muscles can make you more functional, more available. Worry about too much exertion of a muscle. We get a muscle pull or, you know, pay attention to the types of the signaling that's happening. When I see clients, um, there's typically a varying degree of what kind of relationship they have with that conversation. And so this is the mental side of pain. What kind of really, you know, are you constantly like, I just, I, I, I avoid pain at all costs. That could be because you've, there could be all sorts of reasons. There's, it could be because you were in pain constantly and now you're just like, I'll do anything not to be in pain anymore. Uh, that's actually typically when someone shows up at my door, if they're just like, dude, I'll try anything at this point, just please, like, I just help. And so I get a lot of good results out of that. I get a lot of good results out of someone who shows up and goes, you know what? 
I've tried everything. I'm just in pain. Just, just do whatever you got to do. I'm actually able to put them through more pain on the table to help out. You know, I don't have to worry about pain tolerance boundaries. I can, we, I always work carefully and do my best to work correctly, but quote unquote correctly. Cause that's arguable in any sense. But, um, I, I do my best to work with inside their pain thresholds. I just find that their pain thresholds are typically higher so I can go deeper quicker or I can get to the actual, like when you get to that point, I can go straight to the muscle group. That's the offender and just work on it. And I don't have to work in from an exterior position or anything like that. I can get straight to the adhesions or the, you know, other functions that are causing this pain function. But Stepping back to the archaic definitions here. So to put oneself to trouble or exertion, also to give or have a sensation of pain, the archaic version of suffering. So let's look at the word suffer, right? I think this will be an important understanding. The, the definition for suffer is to submit to or be forced to endure, to feel keenly labor under, to undergo or to experience to put up with, especially as inevitable or unavoidable. To put up with, especially as inevitable or unavoidable. To just put up with it. To allow, especially by reason of indifference. The intransitive verb is to endure death, pain, or distress, to sustain loss or damage, to be subject to disability or handicap. Now, that is to suffer, which is an archaic version of pain. And so when, you know, the often misquoted representation, when this Buddha said life is suffering, it's one very short piece of that whole quote, but the Buddha said life is suffering. The major quote there is to pick how one goes through or pick how you suffer, pick your pains. You know, another way that they used to say this, pick your poison. And so with that, we can look at this relationship with pain. We can look at what it means to try and or pick our suffering, to to control our suffering. That's the mental side of pain. That's the mental relationship with pain. Sometimes pain becomes so overwhelming, people will just do anything to get out of it. This is uh, the home of addiction in some regards, the whole opioid crisis caused by individuals being prescribed opiates, and I'm simplifying this, prescribed opiates to get out of pain and then becoming addicted to that pain because coming off of opiate addiction is one of the most painful things uh, they say that anyone can go through. I've never experienced it myself, but I've heard some stories. It is uh, gut-wrenchingly and, you know, just imagine having growing pains everywhere all the time. That's kind of what opiate withdrawal feels like. I imagine. Uh, that's what I, how it's been explained to me. And so, you know, this relationship mentally with pain can lead to all sorts of other terrible things or lead to all sorts of other perspectives or ways of looking at things. And so the mental relationship with pain is quite important. This is why I endearingly say that I have a good relationship with pain. I, 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 I enjoy it to a degree. Now, younger me, had a different relationship with pain. It was a, it was a, a little skewed representation of pain. It was more towards the, uh, the, uh, Johnny cash understanding of pain that, you know, the way, you know, he sung about pain in that regard, but trying not to get too, um, reflective here. I used pain as a function to, prove things to myself, to feel something, to, 
punish myself, um, to, 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 to do all sorts of things that maybe weren't the correct. No, that's not, maybe not the way to put it. We're not healthy. We're not putting me back to homeostasis, right? We're not bringing me into a better form of homeostasis. Because that's another thing to talk about there is when I talk about homeostasis, we talk about disease. You know, oftentimes people talk about like, oh, you know, I, I, oh, I twisted my ankle, I broke this. A lot of times with proper rehabilitation, you actually come back stronger. You actually push yourself into being a stronger person because you, when you go through the pain too, you, you actually put the time into strengthening that joint or area of the body and you actually end up stronger in the end. Uh, broken bones typically heal back stronger. It's the It's genetical, and it depends on the person. It depends on the process. If you just sat there and ate bonbons, well, maybe not. But if you you know went through the rehabilitatory process, put some stress on the bone, got it to heal up, yeah, it's probably going to heal back stronger. The same can be said about just stressing your body in general, going and lifting weights. The you know the lungs are a muscle as well, so going and doing cardio. I hate cardio, despise it, but. It's necessary. If I want a stronger body, I got to go do that. So I have to put myself through that pain. That's a mental process. The body signaling back at the end going, whoa, what were you thinking? What did you do? Or what did you, why did you put us through this? Or what did you put us through this for? Uh, you know, it has all sorts of questions and it does that through pain sensation. But the mental side of that, of going like, all right, well, let me get myself hyped up to go put myself because I know this is going to suck afterwards. That process is the mental relationship with pain. I use this quite a bit in my younger life. What I would measure as unhealthily. Did not do it in a healthy fashion. I started to get a better healthy understanding with it when I was doing my martial arts training, specifically when I was doing conditioning training. We're just sitting there bashing our arms together, bashing our legs together, creating, you know, ner deadening the nerve endings, hardening the bones, strengthening the tendons and ligament connections, and then also you know, just doing general conditioning training of doing push-ups and sit-ups and bodyweight exercises. I didn't do a lot of cardio, probably should have done more, but that was just how I was. So we have this relationship where I then started to switch from the cutting myself and punching myself, and I started to mix that together with my training, which maybe was a little unhealthy, but moving in the right direction to eventually understanding like, oh, okay, like we have this thing for tendinal structures to squeeze, twist, and stretch the tendon. That ages the tendon slightly, makes it stronger. Tendons are three times stronger than muscle, so I can get a nice, um, you know, strong tendon in my forearm, which makes for good combat skills, but it also makes for good strength skills. And I got a more, what I consider, healthy relationship with pain in that regard, to be able to go like, oh, yeah, I'm going to put myself through some pain here, but it's good. But then to also measure the length of like, okay, I haven't hurt myself traumatically haven't pulled a muscle haven't damaged a muscle other than like you're always damaging muscle where they tear themselves apart and re repair themselves but nothing traumatic nothing that can't be repaired fairly easily within three days uh that's usually how the long the body takes to kind of repair functions it's about a three-day process for the fascial system to be like hey what happened okay let's do this then for the the inflammation cycles that come through for all the new good healthy tissue to be, you know, at least started into repair to grow new healthy tissue. It takes about three days, that cycle. Um, three to seven, depending on what type of tissue has actually been damaged. That's all a mental game. 
I'm like, okay, yeah, this, this is my goal. This is what I want to do. All right, how do I get myself there? I got to do push-ups, sit-ups. I got to bash my arms together and dead my nerves because I got a fight coming up. Or I need to, and here's where I'm going to take it out of my realm, maybe hopefully put it into your realm. I have to go do this function every day, my job. How many people out there, you know, all of you out there are putting yourself through pain cycles that you really don't honestly maybe consider as a pain cycle. Typing on a keyboard, using a mouse and keyboard for eight hours a day, leaning over and hunching over in a poorly seated position, um, driving constantly without taking breaks or picking up heavy objects at work, maybe work construction or maybe, you know, maybe work food service and you're on your feet constantly. All of these things are pain functions. The body doesn't necessarily like to do anything for long periods of time. It, it kind of likes to switch it up and do different things. It doesn't definitely doesn't want to use one muscle group over another for too long. It has some preordained muscle groups that do better at that. We have our major movers, our major muscle groups. Our legs are much better at holding up the whole body comparative to our arms. But it still doesn't like to stand all the time. You know, this whole standing desk craze. Sure, it's a bit healthier, but we can sit. We, we are functional at sitting. Should we sit all the time? No, also not good. Everything in moderation, everything in balance, right? So the pain functions are what tell us, are we doing it correctly for the body? And we have a really bad societal relationship to pain. And it's only gotten worse. And here's where maybe I'm going to lose some people. And, you know, this podcast is all about pushing a little bit of boundaries, triggering people a little bit. Come get triggered on the Taming Hinders podcast. The idea that no one should, should, should suffer in any way is bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. You should, you should experience pain. You should absolutely experience pain and suffering in your lifetime because it'll make you a better you. It's your understanding and your relationship with pain that matters the most. Someone else telling you, like, you need to do that. My statement just right then to say, like, you know, you should be, go through pain and suffer. You should respond, Will, with, fuck off, Phil. It's my decision. It's my choice. My advice then is still, you should suffer. You should have pain in your life. It's important. It makes a stronger you. And so we've spent a lot of time in the last, oh, I'll say, I'm not even going to get a number, just a general number. But in my lifetime, at least, uh, we spend a lot of times sheltering people from pain and suffering. There's right and wrong in my regard there. There is a balance to that. Should someone have to suffer through cancer? Absolutely not. That's terrible. It's horrible. Or blood diseases. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a true level of suffering and pain there that is just at a, a level that, no, they that, that's not correct. We should provide them care. We should do everything we can to help those people. Uh, you know, so there's the medical disease side of things, the being outside of homeostasis, the control of that. But that's much different than the, I'm going to go eat shit at this job for two years so I can, you know, get experience and move on in my career or move up in my career. There's the, I'm going to suffer through the mental anguish of, you know, working in a situation I don't want to, or training for an event, you know, such as if you want to be an Olympian, you better be willing to fucking suffer. If you, if you want to be a millionaire by the time you're 40, you better suffer. You better choose how you're going to suffer. You better go through some pain. You're probably going to eat poorly. You're probably, you know, work tons of hours. Your body's going to feel that effect. So our relationship of pain has definitely gone to like, 
oh, don't suffer. Don't be in pain. Do none of that. I would correct that. This is on my personal opinion. You can tell me to fuck off. I would correct that to we should understand pain better and we should have a better relationship with it. We should be willing to go through it. Absolutely. In our own controlled efforts. And sometimes we don't have controlled efforts over that. But once you start to get a better understanding of it, you can control the functions that happen around it. The Stoics are great at this. You know, there's a huge misunderstanding of what Stoicism really is. And just reading Marcus Aurelius is not going to give you an understanding of what the Stoics were really talking about. There are many Stoic philosophers out there. Marcus Aurelius is just one of the famous ones because he wrote his memoirs. And then we somehow published that into a book, which is fucking ridiculous because he would be horrified at that understanding that his personal memoirs, uh, were leaked to the public. That would that would horrify him, I imagine. But I've talked about that before, and I don't need to go on. Other people have definitely done some better uh, diving into that. But just thinking about the Stoics in general, Stoicism is not the lack of emotion. It's the control of emotion. It's the internalizing of the representation of the calculation of emotion. To be like, oh, I got a flat tire. Okay. Again, this picture. This is happening in my mind. We're not sto- out, outwardly. We're just stoic. There's no. We're not, we don't look angry. We don't look happy. We don't look sad. There's, there's just nothing, or not nothing. But there's just a controlled control of the body, control of the outburst, control of all that. You get a flat tire, right? No, that might piss you off. Maybe you're late for work now. You might lose your job. So you get a flat tire. All right. Well, instead of going off the hook and just fuck everything, you know, just and just going ballistic and then like yelling at the tow truck driver because they were late or, you know, just, just, just generally just going crazy, calculating it. Got a flat tower. Okay. Can't get pissed off. I get pissed off. It's only going to make it worse. So I'm going to be pissed off, but I'm not going to allow that to control my emotional state. Instead, I'm going to call work, tell them what happened text them a damn picture if I have to, just because, you know, sometimes they don't believe you in that kind of bullshit, but like go through that process. Can I change this tire myself? Yes or no. Do I have a spare? How do I, do I need to just call an Uber? Am I going to have to have the pain of paying that Uber bill? Cause you know, and then come back to the, for the car, all of these things, that calculation just happens. It's just take the emotion out of it. Just let it happen, but not not be mad. We're just not going to outwardly present that because it's not going to help the situation. We're getting into a huge depressed state. Stoicism is the control of the internal dialogue of emotion and reaction and keeping it internal. It's just the internalization of it. Not that it never gets dealt with. That would be, ooh, that's, that's a dangerous level. So I think that's a huge misrepresentation of what stoicism is if people think that way. If they think that stoicism is the lack thereof or the elimination of these things. No, it's just not allowing it to overwhelm or, or control us, us controlling it. That's more of a better understanding of how stoicism works. Anyway, that rant over. In regards to pain... That's a really important function. It's a really important function to be able to sit there and be like, all right, well, I'm in pain. Okay. What, what, what kind of pain is going on here? What what, uh, what type of pain? Do we got a bodily function? Oh, shit, I'm bleeding. Okay. Mm, all right. Don't freak out. Don't panic. I'm just going to, okay, let's get that taken care of. That's an important pain to know about. I'm bleeding. Maybe it's crazy. Maybe it's a little scratch. Um, all right, cool. You know, maybe I have a broken ankle, but, you know, 
that fun to pay attention and then the function of what this pain's trying to tell me. This pain's trying to tell me maybe my life's in danger or you know, maybe some system of the body has gone badly. Or maybe it's just a dietary thing of like, oh, okay, I'm getting some stomach pain. If I've been an asshole, then I eat spicy food again when I know I'm not supposed to do that. Like, that's the body saying like, hey, if you don't stop doing this, we're never going to get better, right? I spent a really long time in my life with uh, gastrointestinal issues because I had been put on high doses of painkillers in the hospital when I broke my femur and had stomach ulcers and all sorts of just, just terrible shit. Um, I had also gone from growing up on well water to then, you know, drinking city water and the, the crap that came with that with my gut biome, just all sorts of bad stuff with my gut biome it just wasn't working correctly. And so I really had to come to grips with this understanding of like stomach pain and what's going on there, this gastrointestinal pain that I was dealing with, uh, acid reflux and all of these problems. It took me a really long time to go, oh, the body's trying to tell me something here. The body's trying to tell me like eat better. Don't eat late. Like it was trying to tell me all the ways to be healthy. I just wasn't paying attention to it. So I had a poor understanding of pain back then. Now I have a much better understanding of pain. In fact, my understanding of pain now allows me to help other people to manage theirs or control theirs or to eliminate theirs if possible. And I never say that I heal someone. I always just remind the body where to look because the body gets confused too. The body is in pain a lot. It has a different understanding of pain. Its understanding of pain from my perspective uh, is, or my understanding of it, the way I like to talk about it anecdotally, it's its greatest weapon. Pain is the body's greatest weapon. It gets to send a signal to the brain and say, hey, fucker, pay attention. Something is happening. You just keep, you, I, you stop, you're hurting me. Because you are an omnipotent presence over your body. You are in charge of it. When you're like, yeah, processed foods and just, you're causing your body pain. It just doesn't always act out against it until something maybe catastrophic, or maybe it does act out against it and you just ignore it. Maybe those gastrointestinal pains are because you're eating like shit. Pay attention. The body's trying to be like, hey, pay attention to me, please. What we usually do with that in the Western system is go to the doctor and say, hey, doc, I got pain. Take, get rid of it. And so we don't, we don't have a good relationship with pain here in the West. We think it's okay just to get cortisone shots and take ibuprofen regularly. And yes, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that's not the answer. I'm saying the conversation that should happen before those things or even after those things is more important than the lifelong endeavor of just shoving pills and shots into us and steroids. That's, that's not a correct answer. We're not treating anything. We're just masking pain. That's not a treatment. Medicine is supposed to be about treating something. And I think one of the most important conversations someone can have as far as medicine goes, and now I will say this because I have to say this, I'm not a, med I'm not a, I'm not a licensed medical practitioner. I'm, take everything I say with a great assault. I'm not a medical professional. But the Western understanding specifically, and it's, it's creeped all over the world at this point. It's global. But specifically in the Western system, we mask pain. We don't treat shit. Now, that being said, the Western system is really great at some uh, some life-saving things. If you're having a heart attack, go to the hospital. But let's talk about that for a second. If you're having a heart attack, there is pain. There is the body telling you, hey, something's going on here. And it is vitally important that you pay attention to this and 
do something about it because we're about to die. You know, it could be that type of heart attack. Or it's also saying like, this keeps happening. You keep doing this and now this catastrophic failure has happened. Pay attention. So yes, go to the hospital. They will save your life. That's what they're really good at. But that's not treating the issue. That is saving someone's life, which is a acute treatment of the issue that's happening. And the Western medical system is amazing at that. It's really good at taking care of acute issues. Until you go back to the doctor or the cardiologist and you do all the other processes to say like, hey, yeah, I'm, you have um, some plaque buildup in this arterial or, you know, you, you have this, that, you know, and then you make the diet and exercise changes. That's treatment. But we don't, on both sides, there's issue. There's doctors that don't even do that or get into that conversation, probably because it's not their, their, it's not their expertise, or there's also us ignoring it. There's also uh, doctors that have just become so fed up with this whole Western understanding that they just don't even get into it because they're like, hey, you know, let's do a blood panel, and then you don't do the blood panel. So, like, why would they put in their effort there? You know, it, it's complicated. It's very complicated, but it's also not a, a way of treatment. So, yeah, if it's saving your life, great. If you're having a heart attack, you're in the hospital. In my life, there's two major emergencies. Asphyxiation, which is the lack of breathing, and unstoppable or uncontrollable bleeding. Both of those things will kill you very quickly. That's it. Two emergencies. Everything else gets solved with time or effort. Usually a combination of the both. So instead of putting in effort, we always look for the pill or the shot or the... And I'm not saying that's wrong in the acute, in the very short term. Maybe it helps you heal. Maybe it helps you make the changes. Maybe, you know, and so getting out of pain may allow you to address the pain. But you don't just get to ignore it or not pay attention to it. And I've said this many times, you know, the, the root of all evil is willful ignorance. If you're ignorant to something, that's fine. You're just, you're not educated. You maybe have been schooled, but you're not educated. And so with pain, the ignorance is not understanding why the body might be sending us these pain signals. The willful ignorance is ignoring it. And that's the root of all evil. That is going to cause you harm. And so pain is this very important function that we often disregard that can make us better. Um, you know, the, the pain of loss, even when we talk about the emotional state of things, it can make you a stronger person to have a better understanding of pain. So I'd like you to look back on your life. Look back on like, what was the most painful parts of your life? I look back at some of the most painful parts of my life and I'm like, wow, man, I learned some great lessons that I can now ruminate on. Now I can like really chew on them. I can, I can chew on this one. I can figure out what happened, why it was so painful. Remember why question, spiritual question, or what made it so painful. You know, sometimes I look back, I'm like, really? Okay. Like it really wasn't that bad. Um, and so we get this different understanding this, but until you do that, exercise. And maybe you need to do that exercise with a professional. You know, it's always maybe a good idea to seek out counsel or uh, to find a counselor or a psychiatrist um, or just a medical professional to talk about that. But, and yes, I'm also, as much as I talk about depression and I bash on the Western medical system, maybe you do need the meds to start that process. If you can't 
get out of that schizophrenic or bipolar or any one of these diagnosable issues, if you can't get out of that cycle, you can't really treat it because you can't look at it. And so now that I'm coming out of all of these different cycles I've had in my life, I finally get to go back and look at what they were trying to tell me. And that's really the truest understanding I can give you of pain. Pain is this marker. It's this, hey, something's going on here. You should, uh, you should put this on your list to check out. That could be 30 years later. 30 years later, you could finally go back and go, ooh, that was a very painful time in my life. What was it talking about? What was it representing? What was it... Um, what was it? Yeah, you know, what was it getting into? What what made it so painful? What made it so important? Pain's an important thing. I think it's an important marker for the body. It's also the one of the only ways the body can go. Hey, brain, I'm in charge here. Pay attention. Stop making me do these things or change something or just hey, you know, I'm tired of you doing all these terrible things to me all the time. Do it differently or do it less heal take a break it, it's these important markers that pain allows us to reflect on and so if we never take the time to reflect on it then we have a, a poor relationship with pain and we could have a better one it's not easy it's tough but all of this has always been tough this self-awareness mental health game it's, it's a tough game it, it's a tough thing to learn and i think when you can get a better understanding of pain, you can get a better understanding of your self-awareness. You can get a better understanding of your mental health. If you are constantly in pain, seek out help. That's one of the most important things to do because I'm going to wrap this episode up with what pain does to us functionally as far as the microcosm and the macrocosm. So I've really been kind of been at the macrocosmic level, just the, you know, the very big level of pain, like, you know, what does in the body, what it can make us think about these markers or these life points and stuff like that. Here's what pain does microcosmically to you. Um, I talked about the Stoics. Well, let me talk about the Zen practitioners. There's Zen practice that and meditative practices that use uh, pain as a, as a function of, of discipline a function of meditation. In fact, a lot of martial arts use pain as a function of meditation or discipline. And so when I was doing my drills where like we were bashing each other, it was called Chan meditation. Chan is the um, greater canon, the Mahayana versus Vishnahana understanding of uh, Buddhism. So we have Zen Buddhism, we have Chan Buddhism. In my specific Chinese martial arts practices, um, we practice Chan meditations of sot drills of just just crushing each other's forearms together uh, and just these these drills of just hitting constantly and so in those drills you stop worrying about everything you check it at the door you know you're coming in tonight you're gonna bash each other you check it you check your shit at the door work doesn't matter life doesn't matter money doesn't matter, nothing matter. i'm just about to go through some painful shit and so it makes you very hyper-focused. And the Zen practitioners use this as well. The Zen practitioners use it in their Zazen meditation, where they're kneeling down, sitting your glutes on your heels, butt on the heels, and 
either staring at a wall, not blinking, that's painful, or looking down one side of the nose with one eye and then back up the other side of the nose with the other eye, which causes you to do one very specific thing, which is link the two hemispheres of the brain together, specifically through what's known as the quote unquote third eye or pineal gland area. That's where you might get a like a pain right in the center of the forehead is to activate the pineal gland. Uh, and that's why looking down one nostril, looking up the other nostril or side of the nose and rotating back and forth, changing the focus of the eyes like that, crossing the eyes over and over again, causes that burning or, or painful sensation. Cause you're activating that. You're also activating the, um, left and right hemisphere to take in focus, focus, focal points, uh, right eye is left hemisphere, left eye, right hemisphere, and transferring through the uh, magnum, um, not magnum foramen, uh, doesn't matter, the big electrical storm between the brain that I used to always remember the name of. Um, you know, these functions occur during that Zen process. So we use pain as a function to focus us, to not let the mind wander, to not pay attention to the grocery list, to not pay attention to do we did the laundry, do I have to do dishes or vacuum or my work schedule? None of that. The shitty relationship I have with my family, the uh, want to die, none of that. It all goes out the window because I'm just in this hyper-focused pain realm where I'm using pain as a positive. I'm using pain as a function to focus. And so let's look at that from the macrocosm down to the microcosm. I'm going to completely overstep my bounds. I'm going to talk about a little bit of, um, I, I, I don't have a good descriptive term, so I'm not going to use one. Talk about communities that are less fortunate or individuals who uh, may be part of one of the colored communities, black community, the, you know, a third world country, maybe it's, you know, African or the Indian communities that are just kind of, you know, you walk outside and there's just trash on the fucking street. You know, that, that, that type of shit, right? It's painful. Okay, specifically in today's modern society where the internet exists and you can go online and be like, look at this rich motherfucker living it up and you walk outside your door and there's just trash and feces outside and you haven't ate a real substantial meal in three days, right? That increases the level of the standardization of pain. What used to be normal, which is still fucking shitty, is now beyond the understanding of that. Like, look at these disparity levels of rich, powerful people and you know, even America compared to other countries, like if you look at the American average lifestyle, which is kind of shitty in some regards, you know, these disparity levels, right? You can now measure your pain very easily on using social media, using the internet. That creates hyper-focus in the community. So is it, is it even unfathomable to think that the block now for those of you who don't understand what that means, if you look at a city block, the block is the block. It's a, think about a city block. When I did HUD housing and I worked down in the city, uh, housing, or housing and urban development, that's what HUD stands for. Um, I would do house cleanouts, which means, you know, you would go in and you would clean out a house that was abandoned or maybe had squatters in it. And then you would try to either board up the house or fix the hazards. You know, if, if um, there was a wall falling down, you'd board it up or, you know, take out the broken glass of the windows. So the kids can try to climb in there and cut themselves and clean out the drugs and fucking guns that they might leave behind. Yes, they left guns and drugs behind regularly. Just, just, it's just a, a shitty situation to have on the block. Why is that word very specific and used in that regard? Because that's the whole entirety of the world these people live in or those people live in 
We could talk about the village. We could talk. I don't care what word you want to use to describe the situation. The a level of pain is what matters here. The level of pain is what makes it so hyper-focused on the, in the singular position. That goes all the way down to the individual when we talk about someone who is suicidal or someone who is massively, quote-unquote, depressed. Not my understanding of depression where it's uniquely who you are, but the clinical depression of just so hyper-focused on oneself because it's so painful. And so that focus brings just it's smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. So is, is it preposterous for the underprivileged, you know, whatever kind of terminology you want to use to describe all this kid in the city listening to rap music and thinking gangbangers are the best fucking thing in the world because like makes you important on your block makes you strong or powerful or protected on your block. How can we even understand the functionality of that being wrong to them? Right? Cause we're looking at the measurement of the grand macrocosm of like, you know, there's rich people and you know, there's, you know, just affluential places in, in, in society and you know, these nice areas and these poor areas, like they couldn't give a fuck about any of that because they're so hyper-focused on the area in which they live and somehow surviving that. That's all that matters. If you're on a raft out in the ocean, fresh water and food is all that fucking matters to you and getting out of the sun. That's all that matters to you. That's it. You're not worried about, you know, yeah, you might start where you know, you're worried about rescue, but you're not worried about like, Oh, I, 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 I wonder if Elon Musk finished his Twitter deal. Good on you, Elon, by that way on that one. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't always agree with everything he does, but I thought that was a pretty good move. But like, why would that fucking matter to you? You don't care about forest fires. You don't care. You don't give a shit about anything. You're on a fucking raft in the middle of the ocean trying to survive. That's what pain does. Pain is the intrinsic survival tool of the human system, mind and body, and even spiritual. I didn't get into that part in this episode, but that's part of it, right? So our relationship with pain is very important and it can cause all sorts of different functions and actions and all of these different things to occur. So no, it's not crazy for the young adolescent in the, you know, poor neighborhoods to have these specific thoughts and think that's okay. It's not crazy at all. Why would we think that's crazy? It's not crazy. The differentiation is we, I think it would help to understand that it doesn't have to be this way. That's the biggest thing I can tell you about pain is it doesn't have to be this way. If I've learned anything in my bodywork practice, my 15 years with the human system, my martial arts training, my you know, my own bout of clinical depression, my suicidal nature, my constant want to harm myself for years and years and years, and even to this day in some degree, my almost um, uh, romantic understanding of being in pain in my body and just being like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm gonna deal with this injury again, here we go. This cyclical nature of the understanding there. All of these things and everything I've done in my entire life, talking to other individuals from different walks of life and backgrounds, the different cultural understandings, the different philosophical, theosophical, all of these different understandings that I've ever been able to thankfully uh, be a part of or be exposed to, I can tell you when it comes to pain, it doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to be that way. It can be understood, it can be controlled, and it can be used. And that's what I have to say about it. 
So I'd like you to, you know, look at your pain and your understanding of the situations from a professional standpoint. I would be uh, remiss to say, not to say, um, I'm a body worker. I do professional um, body work, which is to help someone with muscle pains and those types of things. I even get into, I get into all the different degrees of pain, if it's neurological, if it's muscle, if it's bone. And I work inside of my scope of practice to try to help with that. If you are in a mass amount of pain, please try to seek out uh, someone who is a, a, a body worker. Um, I'm trying to bring that understanding into, not a massage therapist. Massage therapist is typically just somebody at a spot. And I'm not saying they're wrong. And some of them actually do do some body work, but try to find someone who specializes in body work. I really like to see the field change in that regard. The a massage therapist can upgrade their knowledge and understanding to do body work. Sometimes you will find this at a chiropractor, uh, maybe a chiropractor who does body work. I consider acupuncturists also part of being in the body work community. Um, the fact that they can, you know, help in those regards and also maybe do tweena or cupping. Um, but try, try that out. You know, try that out and see if it is a method that can help you because I, I've been lucky enough to do my best and also successfully help many people in pain over the last 10 or more years. And so I, I would like to see the massage therapy community actually be able to upgrade themselves into a different understanding that we have these individuals known as body workers and they can help you. So please try to seek them out if you are in physical pain in that regard or, you know, just try it out once and see if you like it or find one to talk to. Um, that being said, that's the end of this episode. You know, let's, pain doesn't have to be this way. We, we can talk about it. We can understand it. We can bring it to the forefront. We can see the differentiation between macrocosmic and microcosmic and how it affects the brain and the mind-body connection. Maybe at some time I'll talk about the pain that, and we talk about how the spiritual connection works there too. But I thought I'd just keep it succinct to the self-awareness and mental health side in the regard of the combination between mind and body, known as the heart, as I describe it, that connection. Um, yeah, that's it for this one. Come check us out at... Uh, Go over and check out taminghindrances.com slash archive uh, for some cool resources. I'll try to, f I'll try to make sure, I'm pretty sure I have some people on there that have discussed pain um, and how it works mentally and physically, but I will uh, definitely try to throw out some other ones. I believe I have a link to, yes, I do believe I put it on there. Uh, Dr. Rimka, if you want to know how pain affects the body, specifically, you know, digestive, physical, even mental, she's a great resource. Uh, some of the things she's talked about over the years is, is are they're fucking fantastic. She's a, an amazing healer of sorts um, or amazing, uh, even medical practitioner. So check out Dr. Rimka's work. That's a really good resource on the archive. Uh, you can head over to purebulk.com and get yourself some supplements too. If you want to support the podcast, use taming hindrances for a 10% off coupon code. I get a small commission on all sales. Awesome company. Um, if you do some research into supplements, you can find how they can help control your pain function specifically in the, um, just having enough nutrients in the body, but also uh, they can help with the basic function of pain, which is when we do workouts to help recover from our workouts quicker or also in the more, you know, influential pain regards, I guess I can call it that, of inflammation. So there's a lot of inflammation like quercetin and glutathione. Do your own research and all that stuff. But purebulk.com, use Taming Hindrances code for 10% off. Great supplements there. What else? Oh, uh, I keep forgetting to mention, um, if you head over to the, uh, the website, you can leave us a review or please leave us a review or leave we. Leave me a review uh, on your podcast preferred platform, if it's Apple, uh, if it's iTunes, if it's Stitcher, if it's um, 
uh, Amazon. I'm on Amazon now. The Amazon launched their podcast thing. Leave a review. Helps me out. But other than that, I'll catch you on the next one. And uh, go enjoy your maybe new perspective on pain and have a great relationship with it because it can, can definitely help you understand some things. Take care.